Welcome to Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York's SML Planning Minute, where we share concise and thought-provoking financial ideas for individuals, families, and business owners. Security Mutual, the company that cares. Hello, this is Bill Rinaldi with another edition of Security Mutual's SML Planning Minute. In today's episode, Making Better Choices with Your Cash Flow, an interview with Tim Urich. Tim is an old friend of ours here at Security Mutual. He helps people make better choices with their money and their cash flow. Tim, welcome to the program. And how are you today? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? I'm doing great, Tim, and it's great to have you on the show. Uh, you know, Tim, we've known each other for a long time now, and I think you have a very interesting background and a, and a very interesting story to tell people. So I'm just wondering, how did you get from where you were to where you are today? Well, <laughs> I grew up in a blue-collar background, uh, blue-collar family. My dad worked in the coal mines here in northeastern Pennsylvania. He was a welder. And uh, my mom was, for the most part, a stay-at-home mom. And... Uh, I didn't realize that we were as poor as we were until I went to college and I saw wealthy people and what they did and, and how they did things. And, uh, you know, to really underscore our situation, my parents provided for us everything we needed, which was basically the basics. And anything we wanted, my brother, my sister, and I, we had to go out and do odd jobs around the neighborhood to earn money. My thing as a kid was sneakers. I used to love sneakers. And as a growing boy, I would blow out of those sneakers every four or five months and have to get a new pair. So I would have to cut grass, shovel snow, pull weeds, rake leaves, do whatever I could to make money to buy a new pair of sneakers. So that, again, was my thing. But really to underscore our financial situation, Thursday night was payday. And my dad would come home and give my mom his pay. And then she would go to the grocery store and cash the check and use it to pay bills, buy groceries for the week, whatever. But there were some times, Bill, when my dad would come home and he would not have his pay. You see, the guy who owned the coal mine, his wife did the books. And he would go home at lunch and then sometimes stop at the bar before he got back to the plant. and. Sometimes he would stay a little too long, and the guys, you know, when, when my dad's shift was over, he wouldn't have his pay. So on those days, my mom would take me, my brother, and my sister, load us up in the car, and we would literally sit in front of this man's house until he came home from the bar. Oh and, uh, you know, as a kid, I honestly didn't know why we were there. And it was sort of like a fun thing, I guess. So that part didn't really bother us that we were waiting in front of this man's house. But the thing that was embarrassing was there were some, on few occasions, where our car would not start after we got the check. And uh, so my mom would, we would have to go in and call my uncle, and my uncle would come and take us home or get us a, you know, get our, our car towed or something like that. So... Let's fast forward. Now, that was my childhood. Let's fast forward to Christmas of 1993. Um, I'm an adult. Me, my brother, and my sister are visiting my parents' house for Christmas. 
and we're sitting over the dinner table talking about old times. And of course, it goes back to one of those times when the car wouldn't start. And I remember saying to my mom, Mom, why were we there? And she looked at me and she said, to get daddy's pay. And I said, why didn't you just wait until the next day? And I will never, Bill, I will never forget the look she gave me. She said, honey, we live pay to pay. I needed that money to pay bills. I had bills to pay the next day. Wow. And it was that exact moment, Bill, when it hit me. I was 30 years old. I was, by all stretches of the imagination, a successful financial service provider. And at that moment, when my mom told me we lived pay to pay, I realized then that I was living pay to pay. Now, understand something. At that stage of my life, I was single. I was making six or seven times what my dad ever made when he worked. I had no dependents, and I was living pay to pay. And embarrassingly, Bill, there were times when I had to borrow money from my dad to pay my mortgage. Oh, wow. You see, I made some silly financial errors. Originally, when I bought my first house, I had a 30-year mortgage, but of course I refinanced to a 15. I was putting extra money on that 15-year mortgage. I was maxing out my 401k. I had about $150,000. Well, you know, that was 20-some years ago. I was 30 years old. I had over $150,000 in a 401k plan. Mm -hmm. But yet, I couldn't pay my mortgage. And again, I realized at that point, when my mom looked at me and said that, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm living pay to pay. And Bill, at that moment, I knew something had to change. If I am a financial service provider and I'm living pay to pay, what chance does the average person or family or business have of figuring this out? So Bill, at that point, I knew that something had to change. I had access to the best ideas and the best products, and yet I was living pay to pay. And I knew then that if I couldn't figure this out, the average family trying to raise their children and send them to college and retire with dignity, or the average small business owner trying to expand his business and provide for his family and provide for himself and his wife in retirement, what chance do they have of figuring this out? And I knew at that point, again, that something had to change. Well, I figured out some things on my own. I stopped putting extra money on my mortgage. Yeah, Tim, I was just going to comment on that. Uh, you followed what is considered standard financial advice. I mean, you, you max funded the 401k, you paid down the mortgage. Uh, you did a lot of things that... Uh, most financial advisors would recommend. And yet you have a bit of a different approach, don't you? Well, exactly. And it's from experience, Bill, because you have to understand, conventional. if you follow conventional wisdom as far as financial advice is concerned, it leaves your money out of reach when you need it most. Mm. Maybe to take advantage of an opportunity, 
maybe to bail yourself out of a financial emergency, maybe to bail yourself out of a medical emergency for you or one of your family members. And if all your money's tied up in real estate equity, or if all your money is tied up in a retirement plan, there are barriers for your accessing those dollars. And I realize that conventional financial wisdom doesn't work when you need to access your money. Uh, some of the things would be maxing out your 401k, prepaying your mortgage, how you fund your children's college education, how you make major capital purchases. So that system was very good at helping my clients to determine the best use of their cash flow. And with that information, I was able to go back to my clients and show them better uses of their cash flow. Well, I was just going to say, Tim, this is a, an unusual approach in the sense that the vast majority of financial advisors, quote unquote, out there, don't look at that sort of thing very much at all. They're more chasing a certain dollar amount or a certain return or something like that. Well, that's exactly true. And, and see, when you start from a faulty premise, that rate of return is the end game, then your money is going to be out of, out of reach when you need it most. You see, one thing I realized is you cannot spend rate of return. Right. You cannot access rate of return. Wow. And there is, of course, the issue, you haven't even mentioned this yet, but the issue of income taxes, which play a critical role in a lot of these accounts. If you have money, let's say qualified money that's coming out, uh, you're going to have to pay income taxes when you take the money out. And you really just don't know what future income tax rates are going to be. My clients could only spend what they get after tax. They can't spend the pre-tax return. Right. And again, that's a good point that you bring up, Bill, because it underscores my previous comment that you cannot spend rate of return. So uh, talk a little bit more about what exactly you're doing today, how your, your, your business is set up, and, uh, and why you do what you do today. So one of my core values is that I want to always be in a position where I'm providing more value to my clients than I receive in payment. And that is through financial education. That is through answering any questions that they might have. Uh, that is through being there throughout the whole process, not just selling them products, but helping them to decide what's the best use of their money everywhere along the way. What's the best way to pay for their children's college education? What's the best way to purchase a car? What's the best way to fund their retirement? What's the best way to pay for a vacation? And these are the things that really motivate me because people generally don't, you know, they're living their lives. They're, they're raising their families. They're going on vacations. They're doing things. And, you know, they have the normal stresses that everybody else does. And to have a financial stress when they don't need to have that stress is really adding on to their problems. So we show them the value that we're able to add is we relieve, help them relieve that financial stress. So that's not a part of their overall lifestyle. They're their overall stressors of life. 
So what sort of motivates me is the fact that I'll sit and listen to find out what my clients want to achieve and accomplish, and then literally show them a way to do it within their cash flow without reducing their lifestyle and without derailing their retirement. Well, this has been great, Tim. So let me ask you, if someone wanted to get in touch with you uh, today, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, probably email at timurich at tier1capital.com or by telephone. Our number at Tier 1 Capital is 570-550-9002. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us on the program. My pleasure, Bill. Thank you. All right. Take care. Contact your local Security Mutual Life Insurance Advisor today. As part of the planning process, he or she will coordinate with your other advisors as needed to help you achieve your financial goals and objectives. For more information, visit us at smlny.com slash smlpodcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell your friends about it, and be sure to give us a five-star review. And check us out on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. The applicability of any strategy discussed is dependent upon the particular facts and circumstances. Results may vary, and products and services discussed may not be appropriate for all situations. Each person's needs, objectives, and financial circumstances are different and must be reviewed and analyzed independently. We encourage individuals to seek personalized advice from a qualified Security Mutual Life Insurance Advisor regarding their personal needs, objectives, and financial circumstances. Insurance products are issued by Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York, Binghamton, New York. Product availability and features may vary by state.